Hi, welcome to the Read, Play, Talk podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Paris. I'm your other host, Jack Love. This podcast is a resource for parents and caregivers as we educate on the importance of reading, playing, and talking with children every day. In this episode, we are talking with Kelly Smith, a behavior specialist for Mesquite ISD, about how we can best support our children with challenging behaviors this summer. All right, buckle up, everybody, because this is going to be a fun episode. She's back. Yeah, she is back. (laughs) Welcome back, Kelly. It is really good to have you back, and I enjoyed our pre-chat. That's always fun. So remind us a little bit about yourself. Okay, thank you for having me back, because I'm not real comfortable sometimes doing these, so I'm very glad that you have me back. So I have been with the district for 28 years. I am one of their behavior specialists, and we help out families and kids that have behavioral concerns in the classroom or any other kind of concerns that's that's maybe blocking them being able to reach their full potential in the classroom. So we help the teachers, and we help administrators and counselors. We work really closely with the counselors, and then we love to, of course, work with the children and, and their families, the students and their families. My background is in clinical psychology, and I have a LPA with the state of Texas, and that's fun because I get to do uh, lifelong learning, continuing ed every year to keep that license. And I have, I always say this to, especially when I'm working with new teachers. So in my career, I've been with the district 28 years, but with my career, I'm finishing up year 41, which means that, yes, my number of years in my career are older than most of the teachers that I'm working with now, (laughs) So, which is really fun. My husband and I have been married for 33 years, and we have five children, and we have six grandchildren. So I get to practice every. Thank you. I get to practice what I preach during the day to families at home, and that's also another learning experience. Nice. You've said before they kind of get on to you, right? When you try your tactics, oh, logic. Oh, yes. I totally know it, and it still works. And and I will be. I know today we're not specifically talking about love and logic, but I will be referencing that again. It's a great program, and and it works with from cradle to grave, and they can know what you're doing, and it can still work with them. And then they usually start to try to use it on you, which is really fun because then you know that they've uh, really yeah they've uh, learned it, right? They have learned it, yes. <laughs> and my husband has ADHD. And that is, uh, that means when I come home from working with kids that have ADHD or whatever, then my husband lets me uh, refresh my skills on adults that have that. Just practicing all the time. All the time. 24 7. People. 365. (laughs) Well, we are so glad to have you back on. The last time you were on the podcast was episode 10. And so this is episode 36. So that was, you know, a little bit ago. But we love you. I said last time you were on MISD royalty over here. Just um, a unicorn. (laughs) Amazing, amazing, amazing work. But today we want to talk to you about summer. It's right around the corner. And I know when you say the word summer, a lot of kids are like, yes, I get to sleep in late. There's like, structure, there's no routine. But truthfully, summer can be really hard for some kids and even some families as they're dealing with how to best support their child. So just with your experience, can you speak on why structure and routine is so important for a child to have? Well, first of all, I could go on and on. Structure is important for us as adults, even more important for our kids, no matter their age and no matter holiday, summer, breaks, even in school, we have patterns. And if I uh, asked y'all what was a pattern of your behavior this morning, you would probably tell me that you get up and you do a certain 
set structure every morning or when you come home at night. So we as adults, we need structure and we strive with that. It's even more important for our kids because they are, they are still developing neurologically. And so now we know when I first got my degree way back in 1982, we were still learning about the brain. And now we know, and I'm just going to kind of put a question back on y'all. Yeah. Um, when is the brain completely formed neurologically? for executive functioning and all oh. the important things that make us oh, adults. past 25 now, right? Yeah, I think for yeah. females, 26, and males, like, 29. Well, actually, there's a range. They're okay. still kind of hovering. Both of those answers were right. They're saying now that they really think there is a difference between men and women, mm -hmm. uh, which we all know there is, but, but even with the brain. But they're still kind of hovering at the very minimum 25 years old. And so that means... Structure is even going to be even more important for our kids that are under 18 because the biggest benefit of structure, no matter what stage of season that you're with your child at home or at school, is that it's going to lay down new neural pathways. And that's what we want because if you do structure on the outside externally in helping that child or that young adult, it's going to move from external to internal. And so what that, how does that tie into anything? Well, it ties into behavior perfectly because we want our kids to learn how to self-regulate and we want our adults to be able to self-regulate. And self-regulation is in your executive functioning part of the brain. And so that's all kind of fancy names just to say what we want is we want our kids to learn how to be more organized and initiate planning and initiate activities. And this is one thing I'm going to talk about too later is that when you hear your child say this summer they're bored, you should actually rejoice because mm -hmm. we need some boredom in our brains as an adult or as a kid so that we can explore new activities and initiate doing different things and being more flexible and making transitions easier. So structure is where you get all those good things. It has a, a bunch of wonderful side effects when we provide structure. So summer is going to be look a little bit different than in the school year, but we still, so I'm going to probably contradict myself later on too. We want structure, but also in summer, we're going to have to be flexible. So how do you be flexible and still provide structure? You can do that. Mm -hmm. And so there's wonderful reasons why we want to provide structure for our kids. So I mentioned that, but also it helps your child whether it's summer or holidays, and there may be a lot of different vacations, and also even with custody schedules, it helps your kid, your student, no matter how old they are, to feel secure and safe. And when we know that when human beings feel safe and secure, they're willing to be easier and more flexible for transitions. And summers, a lot of things are going to be more flexible than it is in that routine during the school. So I could go on and on, but structure is going to be the founding principle of everything, especially for your summer activities. And then to let your child be a part of that process to set up what is summer going to look like for you and also what happens if it doesn't go as planned. So if you already have that the structure in place, then you can be more flexible with that in the, in the summer. I love how you touched on it, summer really is a balance, I guess, because you do want routine and structure. But also, like, their brains and bodies need time to rest and slow down. And I'm glad you touched on boredom and just the importance of kids being bored. Mm -hmm. I think I read an article or listened to a podcast about this topic, 
And they said something like, parents are not responsible for solving their child's boredom. I think a lot of times as parents, when we hear our kids come up to us, I'm bored. We think, okay, well, let's uh, get a puzzle out or let's do this. Let's do that. But it's actually really healthy and beneficial for a child to experience boredom. And you just just gave me shivers because I may be jumping the gun a little bit, but you just gave me shivers. Because one thing for summer, what you can do, you can just like we meal prep or we prep for vacations or we prep for upcoming testing or whatever's happening in our life. This is a great time to start prepping for the summer. And so what that means is you can go to the dollar store. You can go to any of the stores that you like to shop at or even online And with your child, start making up activities that can be done. In our family, we called it the board bucket. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you can start getting simple things that don't cost a lot of money or just things that they can do, and they have input in that. And then you have that available. And so when the words come out, I'm bored, the parent or the family member can simply say, go check in one of your board buckets. And and then they've helped create it so they have ownership. And plus also it's fun doing, it's a great relationship building with your child to go and shop and get that and you have a budget and all this. And I used to give my kids a certain amount of money and say, now we're going to go and you get to make it very unique for you. You can even, and when I say a bucket, they can decorate a box. It doesn't have to be anything expensive. And exactly right. Mm-hmm. Then you're transitioning from us being the one that's helping their executive functioning to they are now taking control of that. And after you do this for a while, they even know what to do. They you hear you might hear on board, but then they're going to go and initiate. I can do this and this and this. And how you keep that fresh is then you store it somewhere where it's not every day. So that's exactly right. You don't have to be afraid of those words. I'm bored. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like you need to step in and solve yeah. it. They can. Yeah, and I was, I was really interested in your comments about structure. And how important it is. I mean, it's important in a lot of things, right? I mean, you can't build a house. What's the first part is mm-hmm. the structure, right? You can't exactly. take care of you can't take care of anything inside until you get the structure right. So, and there's pretty- and there's two things in, for the structure that in in summer you can be very flexible in a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? But two important things and how it looks for the family is going to be very different. You really want to keep the sleep patterns the mm-hmm. same. And I know that sounds really... It's um, great advice, though. You have to do that because it, a lot of us as adults, and especially it impacts our students even more because they're young, is we're walking around sleep-deprived. And now we know so much more about sleep hygiene that if you're not getting enough sleep, that's going to impact everything, including behavior and interactions and irritability and flexibility and transitions and everything. So what does that mean? I, I've had parents sometimes say, well, does that mean I can't let my kids stay up late? It, you can let your kids stay up late if they're one that will sleep late. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And it's possible for you to sleep late too without waking them up. So I had a couple of my kids were that way. They could stay up in the summer till midnight, but then they're going to be sleeping until 10 or 11. Does that make sense? Right. I mean, that, Absolutely. That yeah. in my schedule they're still getting their 10 to 11 right. hours. But I also had a child that would go to bed at midnight and would get up at 7. This is yeah. not going to be good. This means they're going to be going in with a deficit of uh, deprivation, and that means everything is going to be impacted on that. So it's not like I'm saying you have to keep that 7.30 bedtime, especially when the sun now is staying up until 8.30 sure. or 9. Yeah. You know, I had, a, I had one of my kids a long time ago tell me, but Mom, the sun is staying up late. Why can't I? I go, this is a kind of good point. Okay, it's still really, really. So I'm saying within the family, you can still be flexible with that, but you have to really know your child and their sleep patterns. They still need the same amount 
of sleep. And that's one thing about structure that you need to keep. So however you're going to get that. With kids, naps really do count, but I don't, summer naps never worked for our family, but you know, you can definitely try that. With adults, we know the naps are good, but they don't really count for our REM sleep in the middle of the night, which is kind of sad for me because I love right. to nap. Yeah, yes. me too. All right. So we've talked about, you've already talked about a couple of great tips, which is structure, right? Keeping the structure, boredom bucket, the sleep stuff. Are there any other ideas or suggestions you can give for for helping families have an enjoyable and, and more and enjoyable is, is always great, but we want them to have a successful summer. Yes, 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 yes. So the first thing, and it, it may sound funny that I'm going to say this right after I just said it may sound funny. You have to keep your sense of humor because summer is a big change for us as the adults. Mm-hmm. Now we have the person that we love so very much, but now they're they're there all the time. And so now what do we do with this full time? And it's a transition for us too, especially because we are still adulting. And so I always tell the parents, keep a sense of humor. You've got to keep your sense of humor so that you can see that this is a process uh, just like anything else. And we we think about mindset and resetting and, and tomorrow's a brand new day. I always like to encourage people, you can have resets multiple times during the day. You want to kind of avoid the all or nothing. I used to do that all the time on a vacation. We'd, be, we'd we plan the vacation and I would think the whole vacation all seven days has to be perfect or it's not a good vacation. And the mindset should be, I think, even if you're not on vacation, just in summer, within the day, when you have those really difficult moments, they're a moment. And so if you keep the mindset, I may have three difficult moments before noon, but in the afternoon, I may have some really fun bonding relationship moments with my kiddos. And so it's kind of like you don't want to be judged on one or two moments or one or two tantrums. Okay, Mm -hmm. you need to think about the whole day. You can always reset multiple times. We tell our little kids in elementary all the time, you can reset multiple times, right? You get do-overs. And we as adults, we kind of forget do-overs, but we Mm -hmm. do get do-overs. And so, and we get multiple do-overs. I'm so very grateful that when I get, when anybody evaluates my job, they don't follow me around on my worst day. Sure. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's an average. And so, I always tell people if you can keep that proper mindset that it's a process and not just like this is all or nothing and to keep that humor because we know when you laugh or you basically smile, and that's part of Love and Logic too, that floods your brain with endorphins. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. If you can keep that perspective that this is a process and not an all or nothing, then the summer is going to be much, much smoother for you because summer is very, very short, even though it seems long when we get into it, but it really isn't that long. Can you maybe, before you go on to the next thing, talk about like what it looks like practically for maybe a parent to reset? Like, is that walking out of the room and coming back in or what? what's a good I, example? I, because I think that's really wise information, but maybe just kind of give us some examples of ways a family yes. can reset. The first thing is I usually bring in a box of Q-tips, regular Q-tips, and um, when my kids were little, I kept a visual on the mirror and also in my car and everything, just a regular Q-tip. And so Q-tip stands for quit taking it personally. Mm-hmm. Okay. We invest so much in our children because we love them. At sometimes we get so, we take it personally when they act up or they have a temper tantrum in public or they have, we've done everything for them and now they're not grateful. Amen, Kelly Smith. (laughs) And we're going, do you realize how much I have done for you? And you're embarrassing me in public. Yes. Yes. And so I always say, quit taking it personally. 
This child, no matter what age, because we all have temper tantrums, adult temper tantrums look differently than teenage temper tantrums. Teenage temper tantrums look different than middle school, and middle school looks different than elementary. But we all have tantrums, and they look differently, and it's not personal. It's about the person that's in the midst of the tantrum. So if you can quit taking it personally, then you're going to feel better about that. So how do you do that? First of all, just admitting, this is not about me. My child right now, for whatever reason, is in the midst of not being regulated. So I have to try to regulate myself. And that could be, you could take deep breaths. You could tell yourself a joke. You could listen to, you could go to your happy spot in your mind for a moment. You really have to radiate calmness in that moment. And you're not going to be perfect. Oh, you're not going to be perfect. I know my kids and grandkids are going to hear this podcast and they're going to go, hmm, Nana. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm going, you're right. That was one of the days that I was not regulated. Mm -hmm. But then you model how not to be regulated and how do you get through that? And how do you and how do you do that? You come back from that. So you come back and whether it's in your family where you apologize or you talk about it or you, you know, I'm saying after Mm -hmm. it's done. But you're going to have the moments where you're not regulated. The, The prevention is better than trying to, to fix it after it's happened. That's the ideal. But the ideal, we're all human. So I always like to remind myself, quit taking it personally. When when your child is melting down, and I won't say which grandchild, but people who know me are going to know, but um, <laughs> the night before Easter, I was with one of my children and one of my grandkids, and a mesquite target, I'm surprised they did not ask us to leave. Oh, no. Ooh, been there, done that, at a target. <laughs> okay. But I haven't been asked to leave. We just left. I, well, but that, we were that gonna, was my reset, well, quite honestly. Yeah, I just, and I was about to and say. And I left an entire basket full of stuff, and we went, we left. I'm so glad you bad. mentioned that because that's what I was thinking because we were five minutes into a 30-minute target shopping thing. It was only going to be 30 minutes. We were mm-hmm. just going to get something and come out. And um, five minutes in, the entire target could hear this grandchild uh, melting down. And I looked at my daughter and I said, I think our reset should be disengaged. We're just going mm. to leave the baskets and we're going to leave. We'll go to the car. If we if we wait for it, we ride it out, we can go back in and that will be the end of that. And somebody yeah. else can come up and get the few things we needed, right? That is a perfect thing. And I wasn't I wasn't upset or mad or embarrassed or anything. And well, I wasn't da- that perfect in mind, but well, I was. My daughter, though, <laughs> my daughter had she it was just a wonderful moment for her. She looked at me and she goes, uh, Mom, that sounds like a good idea, except he's already said that he doesn't want to be here, and I don't want to um, reinforce sure. the wrong behavior. So we're going to stay. And I go, I'm with you. Or, and she was very calm. And I mm-hmm. said, okay. And I looked around, and I said, oh. Here we go. They don't know what they're in for right now. <laughs> and so we got there around 3.15, and it, we were supposed to, we probably had been out by 4. Um, we left Target a little before 7. Oh, goodness. <gasps> And so we had multiple tantrums, and so I'm sure oh my that several people saw me there and just probably ran away. And well, did you know, so here's the thing, and I was thinking about this while you were talking, and it comes maybe as, as you get older, but and that you've had children. It's like when you're on an airplane, you know, people are always worried about, you know, when there's a kid behind me or they're crying or they're screaming or whatever. I'm like, it's okay. I've been there. I've done it. Mm-hmm. Your grace is with me. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? So you you need those moments sometimes. And guess what? We had several moments where we were on the aisles because they would go up and down. It was a roller coaster. He would kind of calm down and he would start. But we had several moments where we were on an aisle because we were continuing shopping and basically loud talking over each other because, you know, to get what we needed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it took us longer because we had to kind of stop in certain spots because 
the shelves were being cleared and everything. And so we had several people come down the down the aisle and they just took one look and left. <laughs> and I was just like going, I want to go with you. And you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but then I found humor in that. I was going, I was thinking to myself, run, run. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Take me. And so take me, run. And so that was humor, right? And then we had some people that came and they just took one look and they gave us that, the judgy look, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I just said, you have a great day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then they go, you too. Okay, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And then as we were checking out, the cashier said, Oh, because he was still kind of having a fit in the checkout line. And she goes, oh, I've heard him. And I go, I'm sure many of your customers have heard him too. And she was just so really sweet. And she was going, you know what, though? She said, is that mom? And I said, because mom was doing, I was trying to pay, right, quickly. And so is that mom? I go, yes, that's my daughter. And she's been doing a really great job. And the cashier looked at my daughter and said, good job for being consistent. And that's one thing I was going to talk mm. about too. Try to be calm and also consistent. Yeah. And it worked. By the time we got him into the car and there was a couple of little bit mountains, by the time we got home though, the evening proceeded. There was consequences at home, but they were calmly given. And I was just looking at my daughter and I was really very, very proud of her because she did what she needed to do, stood calm, was consistent. And we got to reset at home. There was consequences for that, you know what I'm saying? But then he was able to talk, and he goes, he goes, I am really sorry for what happened. And I, I thought to myself, I was going, I'm sure many people are also <laughs> thinking but, the same thing. But you know what? I mean, back to that airplane thing, I think sometimes in our head it's worse than it is in reality. I mean, there's a lot of folks like me and probably like Lindsay mm-hmm. that we've been there. God bless you, mm-hmm. yes. you know, and we can ignore it and move on. I think it's just sometimes worse in your head. So yeah, yeah. Anytime I see a crying kid, especially with you know a mom or parent or grandma, I go up to him. I'm like, you're doing a great job. I like know. I know it's hard. I was about to say, Lindsay, you know? and when I see that happen too, I try to do that too. I, mm-hmm. I, if something happens right in front of me, whatever store I'm in, and I, I try to give a little encouraging word to the parent, and I say. You know what? I I've been there, and mm-hmm. you're doing a good job, and just hanging there. And then the the parent will go, "I don't feel like I'm doing a good job." That's because you're in the moment. Sure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's not one right or wrong way to parent. Sure. So you have to find your own path that make, that yeah. keeps you where you you keep showing up for the job. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. so all this talk kinds of lead. I think it segues us into into a really good discussion, which we throw a lot of stuff at kids all year long, right? back to that structure. They're used to it. They, you know, blah, 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 blah. Summer comes, things are beginning to change. It's not the same routine. You get kids that are super anxious, right? Mm -hmm. Because their whole life is about to spin out of control in their mind. You've got children with ADHD and you've got, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe some children on the spectrum or whatever the case may be. What advice would you give to them, especially, you know, to help them have a successful summer? This is another thing for pre-planning. Kids that have anything such as anxiety or maybe on the spectrum or ADHD, I've had a little bit of all of that in my own family. And so preparing that is going to help too, prepping it. And what I mean by that is I was going to bring in a little calming box. Um, They're very used to that in the classroom. And so this is another really good thing that's going to be familiar. And they kind of already know that. Uh, Shout out to Mesquite ISD. All of our classrooms have uh, green spaces for kids to to use sensory items and other things to calm down when they feel like they are getting anxious or upset or frustrated. So that's something they're really used to um, in the classroom, no matter if they're in high school or in elementary. So I highly encourage when I do when I talk to parents is you, this is the perfect time to do it. Do this for summer. It can be a cardboard box or it can be a little storage bin. You let the kid pick out things that, that are soothing to them, stretchy men, um, kinetic sand, things like that. And now they actually have sensory boxes that you can actually buy. They're already pre-made. But go ahead and have those. And then in your home and in your car and anywhere you're going, even to a restaurant or 
to the even to the movies, you can bring some of these things that are very quiet for kids that get anxious or they're on the spectrum or ADHD where they have to have movement. And I have one in my car and I have one at home with my for my grandson and that's gonna help them. That's gonna help keep the familiar things that they're used to in school. Yeah, and I I would probably and you can tell me I'm I'm gonna be the expert right now. I, I would tend I would probably tell people to st- Steer away from just providing your kid an iPhone or a tablet. Oh, you see, know, at the table. I probably so, could come back and, and speak to you about screen time for a yeah. whole different segment because yeah. I will tell you right now. Two two years ago, I went to a conference on screen time and the developing brain. Mm-hmm. Yes, it needs to be more, especially if you're doing summer things. We need to do less screen time and more like um, crafts yeah. and even like cooking. And and when I say cooking, let them help. Even three and four year olds can pour the the cheese stuff for the macaroni and cheese into the into the yeah. bowl and stir it up. So it needs to be more manipulative, more hands on movement. Yeah. Um, and and I know we live in Texas, but you can get out and you can go to the park. You can go to and we we are fortunate where we're at. There are so many free activities around the Metroplex yeah. that you can get to easily. I know sometimes we just, last summer, we just got on the dart bus and we just rode it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And my grandson thought that this was the greatest thing yeah. ever. Because So you're right. I would highly encourage people to stay away from screen time and do crafts and yeah. hands-on stuff and movement. And that's going to help kids of all ages. And also, it, does, it doesn't matter what if they have special needs, it's still going to help. Yeah. Movement and getting to be creative. They have now kits that are easily made that they can do sand art and they can do paint that doesn't get all over everywhere because you can wash it off. Yeah. But exactly right. You, yeah. you are an expert in that. Screen, less screen time, more of the other things. Yeah, and I, and I think that's where that preparing comes in handy. So if you have it prepared, you don't automatically reach for the easy, which is the screen time, right? I want to give a shout out. So Mesquite has community education and they have all kinds of classes and everything that parents can sign up with their kids during the summer. But I'm giving a shout out to them too, because I'm going to be presenting several things during the summer for parents absolutely free. So they can come and they can bring their kids to my classes. I, I can't speak for all the other classes, but, and we're going to be talking about some of these things. I'm going to be presenting something on love and logic, something on uh, the ADHD kiddo in summer. Anyway, there's several of them and those, those are going to be free. Yeah. I don't think we have to edit that out. Didn't you? It's part of yeah. your responsibility, right? I oversee that That's department. So, yes, we're going to keep it in here. So I just, there <laughs> we go. I didn't know. I didn't know how it all did. So, but but Mesquite Community Ed is going to be offering classes all summer long. Because, and I know that because I'm going to be a part of that. There you go. And we just gave you pro planning tip number one. Mesquite yes. Community. Yes. Yes. And then one other thing is that I run, and this is through the district too. I host a ADHD support group for all ages. The kids can come. It's totally free. I don't uh, normally offer one in the summer, but y'all inspired me. And so I'm going to be talking and seeing if I can, with Community Ed, and see if we can book a room for them. And I, I'm going to see if I can offer at least one session this summer, probably right in the middle of summer. Well, probably toward more the, the beginning of it to really help. But anyway, and that ADHD support group is open to anybody that wants to come, and they can bring their kids. Mm-hmm. And then we can talk if they have questions and they want more answers on how to help for the summer, then they can come and get the support for that. That piggybacks really nicely on our previous episode where we just talk about the importance of community. You know, in that episode, we were talking about just, you know, parenting and raising littles. That's just hard. You just want to hear somebody else isn't sleeping through the night too, to be like, okay, I'm not crazy. But even, I mean, this ADHD support group for parents and kids, so important Mm -hmm. because that 
it's tiring and mm-hmm. overwhelming, but just to have families who are in the same boat as you, that you're able to vent to, but also just share experiences yes. with. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'll give so a preview. Valuable. When I set up this ADHD support group for the summer, which I normally don't do, I'm going to bring enough stuff for anybody who shows up. We're going to make glitter bottles. Oh, so glitter great. bottles are, they help with the sensory. They help with kids that are on the spectrum. They help with ADHD kids. And it can go in their calming area. And glitter bottles can travel anywhere. And they they don't break. They will be thrown. But if they throw, they're made out of plastic water bottles. So they're not really going to hurt anybody. But they're not going to spill. So you don't have to worry about that. But we're going to make glitter bottles. And those glitter bottles, I have adults love them more than the kids. In fact, a lot of the teachers, I'll come in and I go, oh, your glitter bottle's on your desk. I, I, I took that from the calming area and I was using it. Yeah. I thought, well, good for you. Yeah. Um, so the glitter bottles are fun to make. Once you know how to make them, I, I make probably five to 600 a year and give them away. They're so easy to make. They're fun. If you're not a glitter fan, then you probably don't like them because you will be uh, oh, bedazzled no, for a while. Okay. Oh, Gavin mm-hmm. would not. He's okay, very well, angry that's, towards, towards that's good glitter. to know. He's angry toward glitter. Guess what? Towards- then you can make this Ashley with just without the glitter, and you can use food coloring and little objects. And so, like I made my one of my favorite ones I made for my grandson was I used green food dye and I put it in the bottle with the glycerin and all the other stuff that you put in there. And then I got the, the little uh, play dinosaurs, and I put that in there with some little play, you know, the little play uh, uh, fake plants and everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then seal that up, and when he shakes it, it looks like the dinosaurs are moving oh, through. Oh, that's awesome. That's pretty that's cool. That's a great so idea. So it's like a, yeah, it's like a little whole playscape, and there's no glitter in it. Yeah. Nice. Options for glitter lovers and not. And not glitter. <laughs> so that's a little preview. They can come and do that, and that can fit their calming box. It can travel well, and it's another thing that will help them when the kids uh, uh, need something to soothe their neurological system. I love that. You've given so much good advice, and a big theme that we keep repeating is just Mm pre-planning. Like, we know these moments are going to come. As much as we wish summer was all rainbows and sunshine, it's just not, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think some of that is families are around their kids more, you Mm -hmm. know, at when it's during the school year, they're gone for seven, eight, nine hours a day. Exactly. And so now that we're around our kids more, we could tend to find ourselves doing more disciplining than we are, you know, during the school year. So what would you share with families about having those like tough or discipline-related moments with their child this summer? We've talked about some of them, but the, really to remember the basics. And I kind of tell everybody the basics, and that's for adults and kids, the basics is if you can stay calm yourself, and stay consistent, then it's going to have a ripple effect. So the more that you're getting enough sleep and you're taking care of yourself and you're you're doing that self-care, I can't remember who where I heard this from, but you can't solve a problem in the midst of the problem, hmm. okay? So you have to already kind of know your family member and your student and your, and your children. You're already going to know what kind of triggers them or maybe may set them off. So once again, we're going to go back to pre-planning. So if you know that you have a child that doesn't transition well mm-hmm. or you've told them that you're going to take them to the park and then you wake up and it's raining, you have to do some prep on that. So how are you going to help them through that transition? Once again, the more you do things where they get to have choice and they get to have backup plans. So if you know that if you're planning a, a trip to the park on Thursday, and and you kind of see in the forecast it may be raining. And we are in Texas. We never know what's going to happen. Sit down with your child and do a plan B. Hey, if we wake up Thursday and it's raining and we can't go to the park, what are some things that we could do instead of that? And let the child, no matter if they're three, four, five, or a teenager, let them have some say in that. 
Jim Fay always says this from Love and Logic. It's hard to argue with a plan that you had a part of. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's see, great. I love that set because yes. uh, I love that mm, because you, you, when you think about that, it's so true. It's hard to argue with a plan that you had a part of. Mm-hmm. Okay, we get a lot of back talk and arguing and some uh, behavior problems when children don't feel like they have any control. And so, once again, I would tell everybody listening to this: really, you know, uh, you can borrow the Love and Logic Parenting book, or you can get it. It has all these tips in there that's going to help you with those real difficult behaviors that will pop up during the summer, just like mm-hmm. those wonderful rainstorms. Sure. But there's always going to be a ray of sunshine in there because, look, and then your mindset: when your child is melting down or having you're having a difficult parenting moment. This is a moment to really teach the child how to get through that. And you're going to get through it one way or another. And then on the other side of it, you're going to learn something from it. And hopefully every single temper tantrum or difficult behavior is going to get less intense or less frequent. And you're going to learn something from it. And so don't think, don't beat yourself up and say, well, I'm a failure because this huge tantrum happened. No, this is the child was not regulated, you help them through it. What did you learn from that? And then you take it to the next one. Mm. I always want to say for those, because I work with kids that have a lot of behavior challenges and I measure their progress in years, not in six weeks. And so parents, um, you have 18 years with them. Mm. And some behaviors, you might be able to get that under control fairly quickly, but a lot of them, it's a process. It's like training for a marathon. Mm-hmm. You're going to make some forward motion and then you're going to have days in which... Mm-mm. You weren't on your A game. Mm-hmm. And so I loved what he said earlier about grace. You have to give yourself some grace. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be the perfect parent, but the child's not going to be the perfect child. So just be kind to yourself and realize it's a process. And if you can stay calm and consistent, it's going to really help that process. And then I share that story in Target. I wasn't even going to plan on t- telling that story. Even though it was two and a half hours of tantering, it was really a good example of Everybody came out of that with some knowledge. And mm-hmm. I had a proud, not only Nana moment, but a mama moment, because I was really happy for my daughter to see her do that. I mean, it would be very easy for me if just to completely taken over that situation. But letting it unfold, and I was like, and I'll be honest, several times I escaped to Starbucks and just sat <laughs> and kind of right. hid. But the process was wonderful to see because it did have some good results. Mm. That's crazy. So, you know, you talk about how great an interviewer we are, but you're even a better guest because... Oh, that's what like, I was just thinking. She's so fantastic. Right? So, because <laughs> Blushing you, again. No. I was going to ask you, you know, kind of what encouragement you could give, but you just went... I mean, the whole episode was nothing but encouraging, right? Yeah. Oh, right. oh my so, gosh. Good, because so I don't want anybody to give up. Now I'm going to sound like Galaxy Quest, one of my favorite movies. And so, <laughs> and it just says, never give up. Never give mm-hmm. up. Okay? Everything that... You go through as a parent, it's going, you are planting the seeds. And just like when you have those rainy days in which it's just like gloomy and you think nothing's going to be good, the rain brings forth growth. And that's what behavior challenges do. It brings forth growth. And you and who best to help guide your child through this journey than the person that loves them the most? Oh, that is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who better? I mean, there's no one better. Not yes. even you. A no. unicorn who amazing can do incredible <laughs> things, but like... You cannot replace mm-hmm. that child's mm-hmm. parents or primary caregiver. Exactly. Yeah, you will not be able to love them in the way that yes, his I or always, her parents can. I always tell a parents when I work with them, too, no matter what's happening in your home, you send us the very best that you have, and that is your very best. And so mm-hmm. you're going to love them in a way in which no one else can. And so you are the superhero. Yeah. 
Kelly Smith, thank you so much. You thank are you for having me again. Amazing. So like just a wealth of information. I told people to and buckle resources. up ahead of time. Yes. <laughs> when she is here, you better get ready. That's right. She Lots brings of great it. information. She goes hard in the paint. <laughs> thank you so much for taking some time oh, to meet with us me. and share on this topic. I think it's so important and something I hope parents really take to heart. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Read Play Talk podcast with our guest, Kelly Smith. We would love it if you would share this episode with friends and other families in your community that could benefit from this information. Our episodes are released monthly and we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. If you're interested in ideas on how to read, play, and talk together at home, follow us on our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Replay Talk and on Twitter at Replay Talk PS.